Welcome to our BMI Sunday Online Fellowship. Thank you for joining us, and I do apologize for the delay. What we've been trying to do, we've been updating our website, and we have a new player, and so we wanted to simultaneously broadcast on Facebook, and at the same time, for those people that don't listen on Facebook or, or watch on Facebook, to go to our website so they can hear the audio. But there's still some unexpected technical issues that just came up today, and so we have to work on this further. I'm sorry for the delay. I appreciate your patience. Let's begin with prayer. Father, again, we are grateful that you've given us another Sabbath day. We are thankful, Father, for your care and uh, protection for us uh, uh, during this previous week. And now at the start of this new week, uh, we look to you. We thank you that you've given us this day when we can focus our attention upon your word and upon our relationship with you. And so we pray that you would bless uh, each aspect of our fellowship together, the hymns, the Bible study, the questions and answers, the Bible reading later on tonight. And so we ask that you would be indeed glorified in all that we say and do. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Our first hymn is going to be God Be Merciful to Me.
Our next hymn is going to be Good Christian Men Rejoice. Our next hymn is going to be Jehovah Reigns in Majesty. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome to Searching the Scriptures. Our Bible teacher will be Gunther von Haringa Sr. In Acts 17.11 we read, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So without further ado, let's look into God's word, the Bible. This is going to be 2 Peter 2, part 26, and today's date is May 6, 2018. Again, shall we go to the Lord? Father, we thank you that we have this opportunity uh, to be able to examine your word. And once again, we pray, Father, that you might open our spiritual eyes and ears to behold wonderful things out of your law. We recognize that apart from you, there's nothing that we can understand in this most holy book, a book that you have uh, breathed out of your mouth, every, every word, every syllable, every letter uh, is from you. And we thank you that you have kept and preserved your word for uh, your people, your elect, throughout the generations of history. And now, Father, as we uh, attempt to uh, cover some material, we ask for your blessing upon our time together. We pray that if there is anything that is amiss, that you would bring correction. And we thank you for that correction. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll go ahead and read Second uh, Peter 2, uh, starting in verse 9 down to verse 17. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Last week we looked at some of the spiritual implications of the donkey's actions uh, in two of the three locations in Numbers 22 and in verses 23 and 25. And what I'd like to do today is to focus in on verse 
27, which is this third uh, location. But I'll read uh, verses 21 to 35 of Numbers 22. So again, uh, we see the context. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of Jehovah stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of Jehovah standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of Jehovah stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of Jehovah, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smote her again. And the angel of Jehovah went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of Jehovah, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And Jehovah opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then Jehovah opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of Jehovah standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of Jehovah said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me, and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee, and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of Jehovah, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of Jehovah said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. We read in Numbers twenty-two twenty-seven. And when the ass saw the angel of Jehovah, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. The phrase, she fell down under Balaam, consists of two terms. And I'd like us to focus on how God utilizes the first one, uh, she fell down, uh, which is uh, Strong's number 7257. And Balaam, incidentally, is under, under Balaam is Strong's number 1109. 
So let's see how we how God uses uh, this term, 7257, she fell down in some other places uh, throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. It's found uh, 30 times, and it's predominantly translated as lay down or lay couch or couched, and in a few other miscellaneous ways uh, as well. Uh, these next four, uh, four citations uh, actually have the elect in view as far as this word is concerned. Uh, Genesis 29.2 uh, renders this word as line, and he looked, and behold a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. Uh, similarly, uh, in Psalm uh, 23, verse 2, we find this uh, beautiful uh, announcement. He maketh me to lie down, which is the same word, in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 12 uh, translates this term as to lie down. Uh, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, again in this place, which is desolate, without man and without beast, and in all the cities thereof shall be an habitation of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down. And uh, likewise, uh, we read in Ezekiel 34, uh, 14 to 15, this declaration, I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. However, we also find this same term, uh, 7257, uh, in connection with sin. It's only used once in connection with sin, but it has to do with uh, Cain's sin. We see this in Genesis 4, verse 7, where God is speaking to him, and he says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, it's lieth, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. This expression, shall lie down, is also seen in Isaiah 11, uh, 1 to 12, and uh, I'll read 1 to 12. It, it appears as lie down in verses 6 and 7, and this is uh, an incredible chapter which uh, incorporates the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the latter rain, our current day of judgment, along with the new heavens and the new earth. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of Jehovah shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Jehovah. 
and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of Jehovah. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Jehovah as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So how do these passages help us to understand what is going on with Balaam's donkey spiritually. Let's take a look at a few more verses that provide some additional clues uh, to solving this puzzle. And we recognize, of course, that every verse in the Bible is a puzzle or a parable that God wants us to solve, uh, providing He opens our spiritual eyes and ears to whatever truth He's trying to show us that he has hidden in his word, and it's always according to his good pleasure and according to his timing as well. You might recall Luke 18.34, which uh, I quoted last Sunday. We, we spoke a little bit about that passage with respect to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus that his apostles, the 12 apostles, could not comprehend, even though what he was speaking about was plainly stating historical facts that were to unfold. And so this uh, drives home the point that in that verse, in Luke 18.34, we have three different words, three different verbs to uh, highlight the point that the apostles did not have a clue of what he was talking about. And they understood none of these things. 
And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. The second word hid uh, is crypto, Strong's number 2928, which we derive our English word cryptogram, which is a message written in code. Uh, in other words, it's something hidden. And this is also uh, found, and that is crypto, in Matthew 13, uh, 34, 35, uh, as things which have been kept secret. And please note in, this, in these two verses how God is interfacing things which have been kept secret and parables. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. Parables, incidentally, is Strong's number 3850. It's very similar to our English word. Uh, it, it just has an O-L-E on the end instead of an L-E. I will utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. And we see again this exceedingly uh, uh, significant time marker from the foundation of the world that we are learning so much about in so many different places in Scripture. Well, uh, back to our study. What is noteworthy about these next two references is that, is that they include a donkey as well. And so we're curious as to how they might relate to our present study in which a Balaam's donkey uh, apparently is protecting Balaam from God's judgment of death and destruction. At the same time, we want to keep in the forefront of our minds what we have learned about Balaam from Revelation 2.14. And I keep repeating this because it's very, very important we, we keep this in mind. Uh, this is a three-fold disclosure that God is giving us about him, and uh, it's very important because it helps to clarify uh, what God is speaking about regarding false teachers and false prophets in 2 Peter 2, 15 and 16, and why God has inserted this example of Balaam uh, of one of these false prophets and false teachers. In fact, uh, he is called a soothsayer, uh, which uh, uh, we find in Joshua 13, 22. I quoted this last time, but I'm going to return to this a little later today, Lord willing, and we'll take a look, a closer look at this word soothsayer. Uh, let me read again Revelation 2, 14, and this instruction that God gives us uh, regarding Balaam. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Uh, the, uh, these next two passages include a donkey, and we can reflect upon 
how God uh, might use this and might open our understanding regarding this and how it might relate to Balaam's donkey. But I don't want to jump to any conclusions. I want to take my time about it because uh, I still need to do further study on this and uh, I still don't have this spiritual picture clear in my own mind. But we're not in a hurry and so we can take our time with this wonderfully. Uh, now, the, uh, the first account is in Genesis 49, and Genesis 49 is a chapter that I'm sure you're familiar with, dealing with the 12 tribes in the last days. So they would typify the end-time corporate churches and denominations. And the, the parallel chapter to this is uh, Deuteronomy 33, which also contains the 12 tribes, but you have a different spiritual portrait there. There it's speaking about the elect. Uh, and the word that we um, uh, want to uh, investigate uh, appears uh, three times in relationship to the tribes of Judah, uh, which is Genesis 49.9, Issachar, uh, Genesis 49:14, and then we also have Joseph in uh, Genesis 49:25, and I'll read all three of the references uh, for the purposes of this study. But we want to examine the Issachar uh, verse, Genesis 49:14, uh, uh, in particular because it has to do uh, with again, uh, a donkey or ass. Uh, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped, he couched. This is our word, um, she uh, uh, fell down, which again, Strong's number 7257, as a lion and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. Uh, then verse 14, Issachar is a strong ass, couching down between two burdens. And then verse 25, and this speaks about Joseph, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, Again, that lieth under, or couching down, or he couched. This is all 7257, the same word that we find in Numbers 2227, she fell down. Now, in Genesis 4914, uh, and in the next uh, passage, actually, let me read that. This is Exodus 235. We also see another donkey in view. If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden, and wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. Uh, in these uh, two passages, in Genesis uh, 49:14 and Exodus 23:5, uh, we have the same word for ass, which is Strong's number 25:43 in both passages. 
And apparently this word refers to a male donkey, whereas in Numbers 22, the female donkey is in view, uh, as we read in verse uh, 28, in, in which we find the English phrase, and she said, and, and of course that's one Hebrew word, uh, but here we also have a different word for donkey. Uh, instead of 2543, as we saw in Genesis 4914 and Exodus 235, here in Numbers 2228, we have uh, the uh, word 860. And Jehovah opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, what have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? What's interesting is, if we go to Zechariah 9.9, we actually find both words for ass together uh, in, this, uh, in this beautiful passage. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass. This is 2543. And upon a colt, the foal of an ass, which is 860. We also read uh, in Exodus 13, 13, this principle. And every firstling of an ass, and this is 2543, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And so we have learned uh, you know, from this passage and others that donkeys represent mankind. They can be saved or they can be unsaved, but they're still considered as donkeys. And the point of this verse, at least one of the points, is that if the firstling or the firstborn of an ass is not redeemed by a lamb, they were to break its neck. Again, picturing the fact that an unsaved person if they have not been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, if they're not one of the elect, they will die and be annihilated. And we know that that is the penalty, the wages of sin is death. And this is exactly what Christ had to endure, had to uh, uh, go through at the foundation, before the foundation of the world, when he was carrying the sins of all of the elect, and as a result, he had to pay for the, those sins, and that payment was death and annihilation. And of course, we cannot understand that. We cannot comprehend. Talk about the apostles. We're in the same boat, except for the grace of God, and we're living at a time when God is uh, pouring out a tremendous amount of information that has been hid from the foundation of the world. And one of the things that is pouring out is this doctrine of Christ being slain as the lamb from the foundation of the world. But we can't understand that. God is, is eternally alive. How can he die? How can he then resurrect? 
we, we just, we don't understand. It's, it's too much for our puny minds to take in, but we know this is what the Bible declares. And of course, God in all of this is getting uh, uh, all sorts of glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving, which he alone deserves for this kind of mercy, because we recognize that this has never happened, as far as we know, in any other creation that God has created, that he would create a being like man made in his own image, and that uh, he would make payment for man's sin, because he, man is not a robot, he didn't create uh, AI, he created a man, uh, originally Adam, with free will. He's the only one that had free will, all right? And that didn't last long because he fell into sin and then everyone else would be born spiritually dead in their sins, needing a savior throughout the 13,023 years of the day of salvation. Okay, um, uh, this word, uh, ask 2543, also has a, a similar root word. It's Strong's number 2560. And this is an interesting word in light of what we just read in Exodus 13, 13, having to do with the fact that unsaved man is under the judgment of God. Their neck has to be broken because the wages of sin is death. And the reason I say that is because this particular word, 2560, uh, is only used six times. And in each of these references, we see judgment in the context. The first one is in Exodus 2.3. And here the word is uh, translated as and daubed. And this is speaking about Moses' mother, who uh, at a certain point, the, Moses was, was getting older, and so uh, she could no longer hide him, and so she put him in this little uh, reed basket, this little ark, so to speak. And when she, could not, when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it by the flags, by in the flags, by the river's brink. Uh, also in Job uh, 16, and of course Job is picturing the Lord Jesus Christ under the wrath of God. And in verses 11 through 16, in verse 16 it's translated as is foul. God hath delivered me to the ungodly, and turn me over into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck, and shaken me to pieces, and set me up for his mark. His archers compass me about. He cleaveth my reins asunder, and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. He breaketh me with breach upon breach. He runneth upon me like a giant. I have sowed sackcloth upon my skin and defile my horn in the dust. 
My face is foul with weeping, and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. You know, when we, when we read this, it can only be talking about Christ prior to the foundation of the world and what he went through. And so we get this tremend these tremendous glimpses into such suffering that we can't even begin to express it. We can't even begin to appreciate it, even in the slightest. But this gives us a little, a little bit of information to go by. And if we were to work through the words in this passage, of course, we would get you know, much more insight. And, and this is the wonderful thing about this particular doctrine, because God has given us so many examples that we can turn to to learn more about what happened when nobody, no human being was around at that time. It was just the Trinity. And of course, you know, the angels or whatever other uh, principalities and powers, but, but for sure we know that it was, it was God uh, within the Trinity that was overseeing all of this. Now in Psalm 46, uh, one to three, uh, this term is rendered as be troubled in verse three. To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. And this is a beautiful psalm for our particular day as well, this a prolonged day of judgment. And we see the same thing in the next uh, passage, which is Psalm 75, 1 to 10. And here this expression is rendered as is read in verse 8. And again, pointing very directly to our current day of judgment. To the chief musician, Altashith, a psalm or song of Asaph. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Selah. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. For in the hand of Jehovah there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, 
I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. In Lamentations 1, 15 to 20, uh, we find this word uh, expressed as are troubled uh, in verse 20 in this lament of Jeremiah's having to do with the end of the church age uh, spiritually. The Lord hath trodden underfoot all my mighty men in the midst of me. He hath called an assembly against me to crush my young men. The Lord hath trodden the virgin, the daughter of Judah, as in a wine press. For these things I weep. Mine eye, mine eye runneth down with water, because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me. My children are desolate, because the enemy prevailed. Zion spreadeth forth her hands, and there is none to comfort her. Jehovah hath commanded concerning Jacob that his adversaries should be round about him. Jerusalem is as a menstruous woman among them. Jehovah is righteous, for I have rebelled against his commandment. Here I pray you all people, and behold my sorrow. My virgins and my young men are gone into captivity. I call for my lovers, but they deceive me. My priests and mine elders gave up the ghost in the city while they sought their meat to relieve their souls. Behold, O Jehovah, for I am in distress. My bowels are troubled. Mine heart is turned within me. For I have grievously rebelled. Abroad the sword bereaveth. At home there is as death. We also find in the same vein, uh, Lamentations 2.11, where this word again is translated as are troubled. Mine eyes do fail with tears. My bowels are troubled. My liver is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people, because the children and the sucklings swoon in the streets of the city. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Genesis 49, 14, and Exodus 23, 5 again. Uh, and notice there are the word burdens. Uh, there are two different words for burdens, just as we saw that there were two different word uh, words for asses uh, uh, in Genesis 49:14 and Exodus 23:5. They're the same, but in in our passage in Numbers 22:27, it's a different word. But here we have two different words uh, in uh, Genesis 49:14. It's 49:42 uh, for uh, between two burdens, and then in Exodus 23:5. It's under his burden, which is 48.53. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens. If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee lying under his burden, and wouldest forbear to help him, thou shalt surely 
help with him. Now, in Numbers 22:27, we obviously see that, at least historically, the burden is Balaam himself, who is lying upon the ass, which is prostrate on the ground, because she sees the angel of the Lord just a few feet away with a sword drawn. But let's again uh, remember, uh, remember we, we have to remember Revelation 2.14, but also, uh, as I, I spoke about earlier, I'd like us to go to Joshua 13.22. Uh, there we read, Balaam also the son of Beor, the soothsayer, did the children of Israel slay with the sword among them that were slain by them? And uh, I don't, uh, I, there's not enough time to fully develop Genesis 49, 14 and Exodus 23, 5 and to try to tie that in, which I want to do, but we can't do that today. So what I'd like to do is look at this term, the soothsayer, which is Strong's number 7080. And then, Lord willing, next week we'll come back and, and try to do that. Uh, here are some scriptures that contain this word soothsayer, which is found 20 times, and primarily as some form of the verb divine or the noun divination. Uh, in the Hebrew, the verb and noun forms are identically spelled, and uh, we find uh, here in verse 10 of this next uh, passage, which is Deuteronomy 18, uh, 9 through 15, uh, we find both the verb as well as the noun form uh, in that verse. Uh, I'll read uh, verses 9 to 15, and in uh, verse 10 and in verse 14, uh, we find uh, this term 7080. When thou art come into the land, which Jehovah thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth, or that uses his 7080. Divination is the noun form, it's 7081. Or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto Jehovah. And because of these abominations, Jehovah thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with Jehovah thy God, for these nations which thou shalt possess hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, Jehovah thy God hath not suffered or allowed thee so to do. And this is very curious, verse 15, Jehovah thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet, with a capital P, which is the Lord Jesus, from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. Uh, we also uh, read in Micah 3, 1 to 12, 
And again, we uh, find uh, uh, this term uh, 70, 80 uh, in verse 6, 7, and also in verse uh, 11. And I said, Here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment, who hate the good and love the evil, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them, and they break their bones and chop them in pieces as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron? Then shall they cry unto Jehovah, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith Jehovah, concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore night shall be unto you, that ye shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not divine, and the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. But truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of Jehovah, and of judgment, and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. Hear this, I pray you, ye heads of the house of Jacob, and princes of the house of Israel, that abhor judgment, and pervert all equity. They build up Zion with blood, and Jerusalem with iniquity. The heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire, and the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet will they lean upon Jehovah and say, Is not the Lord, is not Jehovah among us? None evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. Well, let's stop here today, and I'll try to summarize uh, what we've uh, attempted to um, share today. Excuse me. <clears throat> We began by looking at the word uh, in Numbers 22, 27, she fell down. This is Strong's number 7257, uh, referring to Balaam's donkey. And we discovered that this word can relate to the elect, it can relate to sin, and it can also relate to the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the latter rain, our current day of judgment, along with the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, two of the references of this word, 7257, also include donkeys. 
This would be Genesis 49:14, a chapter that deals with the end of the church age spiritually, and Exodus 23:5, uh, which we began to investigate uh, to see how they might relate to Balaam and his donkey. And we need to continue doing that. But we did uh, 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 uncover a few things. Uh, one is that Genesis 49:14 and Exodus 23:5 each contain the same term for ass, which is 25:43, which is a different word uh, for that in Numbers 22:27, which is 8:60. The root word for 25:43 is 2560 and it's utilized six times and always in the context of judgment. Uh, there are also two words for burdens uh, in Genesis 49:14 and Exodus 23:15. Uh, in Genesis 49:14 it's 49:42 and in Exodus 23:15 it's 48 53. Uh, lastly, we looked at the term soothsayer, which is Strong's number 7080, which is what God calls Balaam in Joshua 13:22, and we uh, saw that it has to do with those that bring lies and false gospels. So I think we'll stop here for today, Lord willing, next Sunday. We will uh, continue our investigation of Balaam and his donkey, and of course, uh, Genesis 49, 14, as well as Exodus 23, 5, to see how they relate to Numbers 22, 27, since they all have donkeys uh, in view. Um, please join us for our Q&A, which is gonna be at 5.30 today. Uh, Pacific time. If you have any questions about this study or if anything was unclear or you just would like to ask an unrelated question or, or uh, make a comment, uh, everyone is more than welcome uh, to do that. Also at 7.30 uh, tonight Pacific time we have our thematic Bible reading which we call Think on These Things. Uh, but right now we'll have our three uh, closing hymns and then we'll close in prayer. Oh, two? Huh? There's only two. Oh. <clears throat> the first uh, hymn is I Sought the Lord.
that last hymn is interesting because of that phrase where it says, Thou hast been beforehand, long beforehand with my soul. You know, and I'm sure that the hymn writer didn't have that in mind, but we can understand that that long beforehand with my soul has to do with prior to the foundation of the world. Our third hymn is going to be, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Okay. Our next hymn is going to be Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners.
our final hymn is going to be, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Let's uh, close in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for what you have allowed today, and we pray that you would bless your people, wherever they might be throughout the world. We know that you are feeding your people, and you are uh, bringing them spiritual nourishment and comfort and hope, and we pray that you would uh, protect them, that you would keep them from harm according to your will, 
and that you would encourage and strengthen them to do your will as we enter this new week. Uh, we ask these things with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, if you're able to uh, join us at 5.30 for our questions and answer, and also at 7.30 for our thematic Bible reading, uh, that would be wonderful. In any case, may you have a blessed rest of this Lord's Day as you fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today for Searching the Scriptures. Until next time, to God be the glory.